Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me again this week is uh, my old faithful Ben Clark and Luke Stain, who uh, got some picks relatively close a couple of weeks ago. No, 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 no very far away. Okay, cool. Uh, get ready for an action-packed episode. Uh, first, we will talk through the events of Chamonix, where the men race slalom and a very controversial parallel giant slalom, and then on to a tough weekend for the ladies, where Garmisch was back to its tough self, challenging the best in the world for downhill and super G. Before we look forward to the men's races in Saubach, Hinterglen for the replacement races from the cancelled World Cups in China. It's downhill on Thursday and Super G on Friday. And for the women, it's a weekend of tech in Kranzgagor instead of Maribor due to more poor snow conditions. It's giant slalom on Saturday and slalom on Sunday. Boys, you ready? Uh, uh, what we are weekend highlights? Ease your way in. I'll start, I'll start with the slalom. Uh, just the absolute carnage of how many people were skiing out in the slalom. No one seemed to be able to get from top to bottom without hooking their tips round a gate no, on the way down. Straddles left, right and centre. There was it? loads, quite yeah. Good, quite good. Uh, Loki? Um, probably just all the Twitter banter. <laughs> <laughs> just people complaining left, right and centre. Uh, um, snowflakes. Yeah, well, I can't speak. But, um, yeah, it was just interesting to see and I guess we've got a lot to discuss. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. that was my highlight, I think. Not nice. ra- definitely not the women's racing, sorry. What, your highlight wasn't the women's definitely racing? It wasn't the women's <laughs> racing. Oh no. It's not fast when you put them sideways and super chin downhill. Oh, it's, it's a tough track though. Yeah. Actually, it was quite interesting. We'll talk about it a bit more in detail later. But the fact that when the men raced there, the conditions couldn't have been easier for Garmisch. Soft, like it wasn't brutal. It wasn't mm. that like tricky really to do with the piece. But the women go there a week later and it's back to being bulletproof, bumpy as hell and uh, super dark. And so, um, yeah, the, the women really had the worst of the uh, fortnight of racing. How much are they paying you? <laughs> yeah. No, to be fair, we came away with some decent injuries from there on the girls' side. Yeah. So they, uh, they were put through the ringer a little bit. But let's start with the men's racing. Uh, we'll, we'll kick off with the racing before we get into the... Um, the, the handbags, the, the bit of um, toys and pram situation. Uh, but let's uh, look through the, the slalom. So it was uh, Clement Noel, in f- who's triumphant in front of an emphatic home crowd with Timon Haugen of Norway in second and Adrian Pertl in third. Uh, both Haugen and Pertl picking up their first ever podiums. Uh, and just quickly, w- this has got to be Almost, I don't know. I haven't looked up the stats because I haven't had a chance to look to find the actual record books. But this has got to be one of the youngest podiums ever. Noel uh, is, is sort of 22, 23. Uh, Haugen and Pertel are both 23, nearly 24. So it's a pretty impressive uh, sort of show of what's to come in the future for, for the men's tech program. Young guy showing the uh, oldies how it's done. Yeah, they certainly were. It was. Um, it was an interesting day, that slalom day, wasn't it? it? Wasn't The snow conditions looked really difficult. It wasn't quite as hard as they'd been hoping. I think there was... I spoke to Dave Riding after the race, who finished down in uh, in the 17th, wasn't it? Or is it 18th? 17th. 17th. And so uh, he just said that the snow conditions actually changed quite a lot from top to bottom, which is, I wonder why, if that was some, somehow a factor of why we had so many DNFs. If you look at the uh, the temperatures from the from the two runs, I mean, at the top run one it was zero degrees, and at the finish it was minus two, and then by the second run it gone up to four degrees in the finish. So it's quite a variety in yeah. in temperatures on on one day. Um, and then to throw a spanner in the works, you couldn't have had a different set from first run to second yeah. run. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the second run set. It seemed a bit when didn't allow you to flow so much but I guess that's what the challenge is you know yeah having something different throwing them in the deep end seeing how they deal with yeah uh, and challenging another skill energy. right yeah they're yeah. looking they're having exactly. to look ahead there's no there's no wasn't a lot of rhythm in that second set I quite liked it I quite like the fact they used the whole hill a bit more um there was a, a bit of flow in terms of flowing across and down the hill I felt there was a bit more to it the first run um I believe it was set by uh, the Russian coach. Yeah, Hiroshima's coach. I thought it was really boring. It was really close, so it made the racing exciting in terms of vertical distance, but it was, didn't seem to be much offset, and it did just no. seem to be, you know, the people with the fastest feet and 
biggest attack as well not yeah. just quick feet but also early numbers because the snow conditions didn't hold up that well so yeah, you, were, looked, you were, yeah I think it, it looked was, really bad after okay. about eight people looked like yeah. they were really a long way off even when they looked like they were having good runs which is never a great sign for racing when people are putting down what looks to be good runs and they're still a second off the pace yeah I think uh, I th- it didn't actually pay off for Hiroshilov either who I think was down in uh, seventh or eighth I think he was eighth after the first run and actually ended up moving up a little bit in the second run so he uh, with the course that was set by the Austrians but yeah I actually I'm, I'm similar to you Ben I quite enjoyed the look of that second run it was sort of um, back to sort of anti Kostelich those days where he'd throw a couple of uh, random corsets in there ones that you ones that just kept you thinking mm. and, I, and I guess that's part and parcel of of a coach trying to set to an athlete so we saw it I think it was uh, I can't remember where was the the last slalom that one of the Italians set I think it was uh, it was in Schla- um, Kidsball no, that, was it Kitzbühel? Was it Schladming? Um, was it Schladming? I think it was Schladming. Yeah. And it went, and they set, and he set something which had really, really tight hairpins, and then uh, different distances exiting the hairpins that they talked about in the interviews with the Italians afterwards that they'd been training quite a lot. So I, and I think that it's the coach's set, it's the coach's challenge to set something that's going to suit their athletes, uh, and I think that's. You know, it's a really good skill that you're, you know, it's not just a case of sticking poles in the ground now. It's a, be- a case of going, right, well, I need to work out what my athlete's strengths are. And I also need to work out what, my, you know, the, my athlete's challenges, weaknesses are. And I think actually, really interestingly, uh, Christofferson, I think he's, slalom hasn't necessarily been going the way that we would have all expected it to in terms of, you know, he should really be the guy to beat as opposed to Clement Owell. But the fact is that he likes it really, really offset. And because the coaches of all the other athletes know that that's what Christofferson favours, they go, well, we're not going to set something that's really, really offset, which is a little bit annoying because it's also some where Dave does a lot of his good stuff when it's really swinging. So unfortunately for Dave, he's got sort of similar uh, likes or, or pluses to his scheme than than you see from Christopherson so you don't necessarily get that but I, I like the fact that the coaches are, are trying to play towards their athletes and you know it's part and parcel of another skill that goes into creating the spectacle of slalom racing and they might have been trying to make Christopherson's life hard for him I don't think they were expecting him to have oh, quite yeah. such a mare yeah. uh, with a big straddle on the first run throwing the slalom globe and the overall even wider open than yeah. they already are. Yeah, and then uh, and then Pantro uh, misses an open goal. Yeah, although I guess it's not just Pantro. There's a few guys in there that are chasing him, but it, it does seem with Paris out of the speed events, you, you would think Foyts is going to keep racking up a lot of points in the speed discipline, so the tech guys have really got to... Someone's got to stamp their... Their mark yeah. on it and try and get some of these points, and you thought that would be you know tailor made for Christofferson this weekend, and he and he couldn't deliver. Yeah, well, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and actually, Ben, like you, we talked about it last week in terms of you know this this uh, overall globe is is awesome competition this year because nobody's nobody's sticking their hand up and saying that I'm going to win it. You know, you've got Pantero and Christofferson tripping each other up. Uh, as well as Clement Noel taking loads of points, as well as Daniel Yule in the tech disciplines, and Kilda hasn't been firing on all cylinders in speed, and you'd you'd anticipate uh, Kilda now being the only speed guy that's really going to challenge for this overall, um, and you've got Christofferson and Panther, and I think actually they're all relatively tight with the overall now. I think it's within. I want to see Foyt's put some slalom skis on in the World yeah, Cup finals. He's not even brilliant. putting them. He's not even putting them on for uh, the, the combi. So I, d- I very much doubt he's going to be um, sticking them on. But yeah, you've got like Christopherson, uh, Clement Noel, and Daniel Yule battling out for the slalom pro titles, and they're so close that all of a sudden you're like you're just tripping each other up, and no, none of the tech guys have really gone. I'm the guy to beat this year. That must have really hurt Yule that second run straddle. Yeah, I mean knowing that. If you had won that, you'd have been sort of 10 points in contention of 10 points. Because after Yule, you've got Zenhausen, who's, you know, over 150 points behind. So it's really those three, but it's too close to, to call now. How many slalons have we got left now? Uh, World Cup finals plus Cup, one other? Well, you've got, no, you've got, I think you've got Kranzkogora left. You've got um, Cortina left. Okay. Cortina's doing the test events. And you've got World Cup finals. So I believe... Three more. No, no, and and uh, and um, neighbor Japan. So maybe oh, there's yeah. four, maybe there's even four left. 
Um, so there's still a decent amount going, but I think the overall hotting up is going to be an absolutely fantastic race. But yeah, I think Pantero missed a, missed a glorious opportunity to really start reining in um, the guys in front of him. But yeah, look at, and I think yeah, it's going to be it's going to go down to the wire. It's absolutely brilliant. Three, is it three slaloms left, Ben? Yeah, yeah, three left. Uh, Japan. Kranshagora uh, and Cortina World Cup finals okay yeah so three slams there so all of a sudden you're like oh Cortina is the finals right yeah. sorry yeah, that's, that's why I got confused but yeah in the overall standings you've got Henrik Christofferson who leads by 50 odd points in front of Kilda who then is another uh, 10 10 points in front of him so you know within 100 points you've got the top three uh, in the overall it's gonna it's mega just driving around in his little ice rally cars laughing so yeah, he would have had it wrapped yeah. up by now yeah exactly absolutely he would have had his feet up long ago um, but yeah belting weekend tough day for Dave I don't think Dave really had uh, uh, the weekend that he was hoping off the back of um, Schlabming yeah yeah I so. mean I, is it a hill for him I mean he likes I, I would have thought so because it, it wasn't like a, a super steep hill it was no, he I does wrote... well on terrain yeah, I thought I thought he I thought he would have suited him better. Unfortunately, on that second run with that sweeping kind Diagonal, of reverse hairpin yeah. or whatever you want to describe it as, just he was attacking so much on that top section that he just went in with a bit more speed or not enough balance. Yeah, probably yeah, yeah. is is that not too much speed, but probably not as much balance as he would have liked. And anyone who made a mistake in there that just cost them all, all of their yeah, time I on think, the run. Yeah, because it's so because it's an easier in inverted commas hill that I think actually. It's another one of those tiny mistakes mean big, costly yeah, errors. Yeah, I put a few notes down as people were coming down on that second round. Just said any mistake appears very costly there, in, unless you had one of those mistakes where your upper body looks a bit yeah. of a mess, but your feet keep going. Yeah. Anything that involved the feet going sideways just killed your chances. It made um, uh, Zenhausen look pretty, pretty special down there. I mean, he's so tall, and to, to to get those like tiny skis around the gate for him made him look quite awkward. Um, that was quite fun to watch but he was still up there um, and Michael Matt obviously won- winning second run so that's a boost of confidence for yeah, him yeah that's a, that's a very good point they are, the, you know the Austrian, Austrians need a lift they've got it from Pertl coming from 70 in Kitzbühel uh, starting 17 Kitzbühel and now he's on the podium uh, and Michael Matt winning second run Schwarz not having the day that he wanted uh, he was doing what was he fifth after the first run looked like he this should have been for him corset by one of his coaches again talk about that they would have practiced this set and just didn't didn't come off for them but um, parallel do I need to remind you that you picked Noel for the slalom before you oh yeah get, yeah, yeah, go go on. On. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did, who did you go for I went for Schwartz. Did not have a good day. I oh, know he didn't. Did he? I no. also privately went for a Clement. No. Oh yeah, of course. Just, just, yeah, uh, yeah. On the record now. <laughs> Retrospective picking. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> on to the parallel. Um, let's start by doing the results, shall we? Uh, Luke Mayer taking his first ever World Cup win. Thomas Tumler was in second. Uh, his first podium of the year, and Alexander Schmid from Germany taking his first ever World Cup podium uh, in third place. Tommy Ford was in fourth. Jan Kranjek in fifth. Kilda in seventh, picking up some points for the overall. Um, in terms, before, before we get into sort of the controversy side of it, what, what were your takes on it? Luke, let's start with you. What was your take on, on the parallel event as a race without any of the, the stuff behind the scenes? Um <clears throat> I mean, I prefer GS in general, but when it comes to the parallel part, I, I think slalom works a little bit better. Um, you're, it doesn't take as long to get you sort of like fired up or, you know, get in the rhythm at the start. So at least with the slalom skis, you whip them around from the first gate, whereas, you know, they're still pushing a bit after the first gate and it, it just doesn't look as exciting. Um, I, I just wonder whether they're trying to do it as a slalom as opposed to a GS as opposed to a slalom because the calendar lacks a few GSs. So I wonder whether that's the reason behind it. I, I kind of liked the day. I thought the day went. I thought it was quite good. I uh, quite enjoyed the racing. I don't. I don't mind that the fact that the it's not the big names of giant slalom that are winning that are coming up with it. You know, we talked to, just said there who you got first wins, first podiums this year, first ever podiums. 
And I kind of like that. I don't see any issue with that. It's not a giant slalom. It's a parallel giant slalom. It's a different, you know, it's a different discipline almost. Yeah, I, I like I like head to head racing. It's good to see people race against each other. Yeah. Tri-state we've, specialist. Tri-state <laughs> specialist, yeah. exactly. Um, we've, I mean, we've done it a little bit on snow at a few events. It's, it just adds a level of excitement because it's always very abstract watching ski racing, especially live. You're just watching on the finish, on the big screen, waiting for someone to come down. You can never quite tell the difference between the fastest and the second fastest. Yeah. So when you see them next to each other, it just adds that bit of excitement. I, I agree with Ed. It's... You know, it's not a GS. It needs to be treated as its own thing. And for all the complaining that goes on, it's they're still trying to work out the best format for it. So I don't. I expect there to be some changes in the future to try and make it work better. But I, I agree with with Luke as well. I quite like the idea of the parallel slalom because it is that bit quicker. The runs are a bit shorter, yeah. uh, and the speeds a bit lower. So there's less chance of, of of crashes and injury. But the problem they found with the slaloms was people cross-blocking the panels and the mess it made everywhere. If they could find a way to go back to the parallel slalom turns and then maybe just get rid of the panels and just have individual slalom gates and just have a much better course crew for putting them back together each run. Maybe maybe sort of like a hybrid, so like have a ski which has got sort of a radius between a slalom and a GS ski. Um, well, like a master's radius ski or something. Yeah. Something that's not quite as slalomy but not quite as GS-y. Um... Yeah, maybe. I, I kind of like I like the fact that, that we're doing head-to-head racing. For me, the problem. I mean, the, for me, the problem is that the piste isn't even, and that's and that's for me what I find the difficulty about it. The courses are, you know, they're set by lasers. It's not a case of, um, you know, do you, trying to work out by going, you know, how many feet, how many sort of ski lengths have you gone in, and, and all of this sort of stuff is done by very precise measurements. But at the same time, it's all about what's under, you know, what the underfoot, terrain's doing yeah. underfoot. Uh, and I was chatting off the back of this controversy. So um, let me read you what Alexi Pantero, who's the sort of main, um, he was the first to put his hand up and say that this this wasn't a good thing. He says, um, and this was on the day. He says, today I feel like I've been fooled. We athletes have been taken for pawns of a show, not actors of a sport. Uh, since when in sport is luck more important than performance? How dangerous is the format? But above all, at Fizz Alpine, so he's tagged Fizz in it, when will the words of athletes being taken into account? Um, and then you've got people underneath that, you know, uh, Daniel Yule agreeing with it. You've got uh, Christofferson agreeing with it. Um, uh, I think even Loic Mayar said that he wasn't that impressed by you had Luca Dielli Prandini talking about how it's it it was dangerous and not and all this sort of stuff and for me um maybe a little bit controversial I think they need to just shut up and get on with it for I don't think it's you know and maybe that's going to piss people off but I'm not actually that bothered because I don't think it's dangerous I think it's no more dangerous than downhill. If you're telling me parallel giant slalom is more dangerous than downhill, you you can you know you can come at me with that because that's just not the case. <laughs> um, uh, and therefore, and also then, if you're talking about two people skiing down at the same time, it's not more dangerous than ski cross. If you think parallel giant slalom's too dangerous, then there's absolutely no way that Fizz should be licensing ski cross. So again, for me, that isn't. A factor. The danger isn't a factor. I 100% agree that it's it, it needs tweaking and it needs stuff doing to it because I think that the again the piece takes to, it is a too big a factor in the outcome of the day. But just because of it's not it's it's a mountain. It's not artificial. The the beauty of the the slaloms were that it was up on scaffold so that you you know it was even every you know every bit of it is is flat and even and it's and it's great they also talked about the fact that fizz had built up um terrain so they built up um two rollers two big rollers in the middle of in the middle of that and and is that dangerous in itself i think in itself no that's not dangerous these are the best skiers in the world they can't you're telling me they can't deal with rollers Uh, so no, I don't think that's a factor. What I do think, Ben, is what you said to me before we started talking about it, this, is that it was the way that the course was set over the rollers 
as opposed to it necessarily yeah, being Yeah, the, the way that, the, I mean, so the big controversy, I think, was that the red course, the first roller was where people kept crashing on it. And the timing of the turn where the roll was just seemed that you couldn't start the turn early enough or, or late enough. You had to start the turn and then bounce off the top of the roller yeah. and then you know fly off into the into the nets or have to throw a skid in which if you're going to put artificial rolls in which i don't particularly agree with set the course so that it is in a part of the turn where you will be able to compress yeah where you can Um, deal with it a bit better than sort of yeah a couple of people had, had taken into account that there was lots of accidents happening or people losing time and a couple of people tried to put little skids in before they got to the ridge a couple of people tried it and they were losing so much time so if the course is designed in a way that you can't really ski the terrain that's been put in it doesn't make sense either take the terrain out and leave the hill as it is or set the course so that it's skiable yeah well i like the you know if you're wanting more terrain in it what's wrong with the drop downs that you see in city events Mm. you know a, a couple a meter and a half of sort of straight drop down creates a bit of a spectacle that gives a bit of added uh, je ne sais quoi to the um, to to the event, but it doesn't it, it doesn't create more pressure at gates or you know any of this stuff. I think uh, I think it's probably in total by both Fizz and um, <clears throat> and the athletes blown a little bit out of proportion. I think I agree with you, Ed. They they need to maybe dumb down their sort of presence on social media when it comes to like speaking out against Fizz. But then Fizz Because they maybe, do have their athletes' representatives. There's ways yeah, to do it. Exactly. There's ways Both to do through it. other routes. Yeah. Like speak to your national governing bodies. They go and speak to Fizz. There's routes. But there's no way Fizz are uh, like uh, unaware of danger. Because no. as I wrote on social media today after seeing various posts of people getting up on their high horse about it, uh, saying that Fizz are being irresponsible. And there's absolutely no way that Fizz haven't taken this into account. <laughs> They are a huge organisation, a very, very wealthy organisation. You look at the advances that we've had in uh, athlete safety. You, you look back, I was speaking to uh, Mark Telling, a friend of mine who runs one of the academies out in Austria, and, and he was saying that he looked back at some old footage of Kitzbühel downhill five or six years ago, and, or even longer, maybe the Maya era. So, you know, God, that's nearly 10 years ago. Um, but he said that in terms of 10 years ago to today, the peace prep is, and safety precautions are night and day to what we used to do then. And so, Fizz, and so I, I do take a bit of a, a beef that that's just not the case. Fizz definitely are looking at this and they want it to be safe. And so I think in that respect, I think that's gone a bit far. Yes, there's stuff to be changed because Fizz haven't got the mark right with this one. I think that there's still some some stuff to change. But actually, I don't think that, that Fizz need to be copying that they're, they're putting out yeah. these safety at risk yeah newsflash they're on the same team like yeah fizz and the athletes want to create things want to create some awesome events and they also want to the athletes want to participate and and earn some money so you know i think it just takes a bit of planning and maybe fizz can spend the summer doing that yeah i mean look at at what what went wrong what went right yeah look at what they've done with alpine combined they've taken what alpine combined used to you know, in years gone by, a very foregone conclusion about who was going to win. And actually this year they've spiced it up and credit to Fizz, they've taken maybe a bit longer than it should, but but they've come out with the right outcome. But um, but here, I think it's not quite right, but it's not that dangerous. I mean, we talk about, the, so there were a few injuries. There were two major injuries for the guys. Um, you had uh, Brensteiner, the Austrian, who had uh, a meniscus injury in the qualification rounds. Uh, and then you said saw Marburger and it looks like he did his knee um, uh, crashing into the nets. So, you know, that's bad. But you go across and you look at the women's race that we'll talk about in a minute. You've got so- Sophia Godger who broke her arm in the downhill, crashed into the nets, and Riefensberg has done a tibia plateau fracture, uh, also crashing into the nets. So, and there was another girl who, who crashed in training, I think, is she Italian? The, uh, yes. Swiss. Was it, it she was, Swiss? Sorry, uh, okay. Graboli, Graboli? Natalie Graboli? Yeah, and so she had an open tibia fibula fracture. So uh, that's, you know, in reality, I mean, no one wants to see injuries, and that's not a case of going. Well, it's, they had the, the girls had more injuries in classic racing than the guys did in this PGS. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that that makes it okay, but it's also we are race, it was ski it's racing. Ski. 
It's, well, it's not going to be safe. It's no. never going to be no injuries. It's never going to be... If say, that's the case, then you, I'm never watching it. No. It'd be boring. No. You've had a ton of surgeries. How many of them were from doing parallel GSs? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I had a chance, maybe I would have stuck on the GS. <laughs> I mean, I'm calling for parallel downhill. I think that's going to be where wow. the, the real TV time is. Um, but off the back of some of these tweets that are coming in, uh, Graham Bell has been over in... Um, over in Sabak Interglen because actually they're about to start downhill training tomorrow. So you saw Alexander Ormott Kilda racing in the parallel GS on Sunday, would have got in the car, driven eight and a half hours over to Salbach to train the downhill uh, training run tomorrow. So it, and I didn't I saw nothing but smiles on his face during He loves parallels. Uh, he did the one earlier in the season. He's just always got a smile on his face. I think he just laughs when he thinks just someone might crash into him, they'll just bounce off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh, so Graham is at the meeting for uh, the the races coming up and so and they're doing stuff for Ski Sunday, but I messaged him about this parallel GS stuff because I wanted to get other people's takes on it. Uh, and he said that he was in the meeting and Marcus Waldner, who's the head of sort of on-site fizz in terms of running the races. He basically, the buck stops with him and he has final say. And he said, Marcus Valner just went on a 15-minute rant about the uh, parallel GS. And he says, quote, we know it's not fair. We suggested uh, two runs, as in two runs per um, round. per round. They said, but TV wanted a knockout formula, otherwise they wouldn't show it. We know it's not safe. It's just a question um, of when rather than if we have one racer crash into another. I'm not happy with the chat and social media. We need to sit down and fix this problem. There are four races in the programme next year. And if we can't find a solution, then we won't run them. Uh, that's what he said. And then my, my comment to Graham was that it was, it was quite refreshing to hear him it sounded like talking from his heart as opposed to towing the fizz line because that's a little bit against fizz in terms of, you know, we know it's not safe yet and all this sort of stuff. And he said, um, but the main beef he had was that it wasn't, that the athletes hadn't done it in the right channels, that they talked about it on social media rather than actually, you know, going going through and, and almost being a little bit more adult about it, maybe. It's a bit sad there to see that TV wouldn't run it unless they were doing what they said. Well, that's also it, not what you want. No, but ultimately, the t- you know, t- TV's the power. It's just, you, know, you look at football, you look at you know any sports in American football, if it's not shown on TV, there's no money. So yeah. at the same time, so and if you imagine, it's an, over an hour long anyway. Uh, so imagine how long it's going to be if you did two rounds in everything. You'd be there for two hours. You'd never, the athletes are already doing like 11 runs through the quali through to the if you get through to the final that's 11 runs of being like full gas full focus you know all of it so i think actually it's going to be you know finley mickle actually came up with a good thing he said maybe you just run a quali you run you only run the 16 not 32 uh in terms of the actual head-to-head the rest get world cup points on their qualification positioning maybe that's the way of doing it then you can run two then you can run um two runs in each course maybe that's the way to do it um, but we talked about stuff earlier Ben just quickly before you, you were going to say something um, about the beginning of the season we spoke a lot and I think it was more of an American initiative about these uh, cut proof thermals and because obviously we saw uh, Tumler and Tommy Ford very nearly coming a cropper and we talk about how you've got you know very sharp skis on the bottom of your feet and uh and that obviously being a very big concern. Yeah, and, and so in the world of short track speed skating, their suits, because they also have you know very sharp blades on their feet, the suits that they race in are designed to be cut-proof and they have to pass the standards. And remember from racing in fist days, you used to have to have a certain tag on your suit to say that it met certain criteria. Yeah, I'd be interested to understand if... The same was in place for that. Obviously, FIS, when they're making the criteria for security, aren't necessarily thinking this, having this in mind, but it's certainly something they can consider for the future because you know, if they want to make it safer, that's something they can consider. I'm sure Svindal wouldn't have mind having that cut-proof yeah. suit when he had 140 stitches yeah. in his ass. But, um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, if there's some way of making it... Uh, you know, less dangerous than 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 just do it. I mean, I mean, it can't cost that much to to have. If the speed skaters can do it, why can't why can't you know the the alpine guys do it? So yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I'm I'm not really sure the 
blowback on this is like, yeah, we'll see the uh, the French. Just chatting to Blaise Giesendana, he was saying, you know, the downhiller. He said that um, it's not necessary. He said he doesn't care. He said he's not that bothered. <laughs> because so what are they moaning it's, about? <laughs> it's not, not something that he that he partakes in. But he said in terms of the French press, Chamonix were really pleased with the event. They thought it was great. That I mean, that, I hope so because they spent ten million euros trying to make that piece uh, nice and smooth and uh, and uh, even. And I guess so. They spent a lot of cash trying to get that looking good and being even but he said that they uh, they were really pleased with it the French press was was nice about it but then off the back of Pantero saying those things it's uh, shaken everything up just a little bit But bring it to London we'd happily have a parallel slalom in London I think we should I think the city events aren't, you know I'll, in I'll, Battersea yeah they would love it, it stick it out let's do it who's got a few any of you out there got a few million quid we'll stick it Chamonix <laughs> only cost 10 million by the way so yeah we can do that in London yeah. yeah no worries <laughs> it's always cold enough for snow <laughs> well maybe that's uh, maybe that's put that sort of to bed we'll see um, I don't think it's the last we're going to hear of it uh, I'm sure we're going to get uh, it's going to rumble on for a little bit and I, I do hope that that it's taken seriously I mean I love the head-to-heads in terms of being a Brit and coming from from somewhere where ski racing um, and those of you out there listening that where ski racing isn't the biggest thing on the sporting TV. I think the parallels and the head-to-heads are a really great, great way of engaging people who maybe wouldn't necessarily watch ski racing because I think it's just easier for people to have an understanding of what's going on when they're head-to-head, which is one of the reasons why I think ski cross, certainly from the British side, when we're at the Olympics, ski cross is one of the, bi- the biggest watched things because I think it's really cut and dry. It's really easy for somebody to sit down and watch and see who wins. And I think the longer format of, of timed, you know, racing against the clock for the purist, you know, I absolutely love it. But for somebody, if you're trying to talk about overall sporting engagement and trying to grow the, the sport, sport. Mm. I think these parallel head to heads are a really important part of getting it out to the masses. And, and I think if, if we can, by running head to heads, if we can get more people watching, uh, I think that's half the battle for me. Yeah, more people watching is more money, more sponsors, and the athletes that are complaining now are the ones that are going to be paid more in the future yeah. um, if, they're, if, if, if it's a success. Yeah. Um, so they, they need to work together to make sure they get the formula right. You don't want athletes getting injured. You don't want them getting Absolutely not. tired from doing too much in, in, in one go. But at the same time, if you just keep doing the same thing forever, people will get bored, stop watching, and, and they won't get paid anything anymore. Yeah. I mean, sport evolves, right? Whether it's, you know, look at... Not always for the best, as we've no. seen with with football, with the VAR stuff. Or you know, there's not it's not all change isn't always good, but I think this is a big part of where I think skiing could be. It should be to ter- in terms of reaching out, broadening the scope. So, I mean, I hope that it carries on. I'd like to see a couple of parallel slaloms in there as well. So <laughs> they're not going to be the favourite hey, of the athletes if that's the case. By the sounds of it, and look, uh, Loic Maillard. It's going to be lifting a crystal globe. Yeah, the well, that's season. true. <laughs> that, that's actually a very good point because for me, I feel the fact that you're able to lift a globe after two races. After two races, they do it with the Alpine combined as well. I feel like that just that just doesn't doesn't sort of flow well with 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 me in terms of like you look the the globe is about being consistent. It's about being on form all season long, and if on form all season long means two races, I think that just cheapens the whole, the yeah. whole thing for me. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, uh, should we talk about some ladies ski racing? Like we said in the build-up, Garmisch was back to its uh, ruthless best, I think. Looked very shiny, didn't it? It was very shiny. <laughs> very, very shiny. Uh, and it was bulletproof. It was awesome. I think it was um, It was a proper test for the ladies down there. It was probably the hardest... Is it, was it harder than Bansko? I don't know, but it's up there anyway. Similar, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe up. I was a bit harsh earlier when I said uh, that it was the least entertaining part of my weekend. Um, but, yeah, I think I think you're right. It is really challenging. I would have just liked to have seen maybe a little bit more preparation. I mean, you go from those sort of glidey, glidey parts to the really turny parts. Yeah. I just felt that the girls weren't adjusting from the sort of glidier sections into the steeper sections so they'd come off the end of the glidey sections and then just throw them sideways instead of adjusting line and carrying speed. speed 
But, you know, it, it, that's all sort of good and well, me sitting here and saying that maybe it was a bit different when they were going from the light areas to the dark yeah, areas. Yeah, a little yeah. bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but it wasn't the most entertaining, technically wise, out of the downhills and super Gs this season for me. Yeah, but I it's think, always interesting to have something different. Yeah, I think it's, it is hard when, it's hard when the conditions are so tough to show your best stuff. And I think that sometimes you're right, it doesn't necessarily highlight the the, the best skiing, but it does highlight some cojones down there because that was that was tough. Well, I was I was pleased for Victoria Ravensburg who took her first downhill World Cup victory uh, in front of her home crowd. Uh, Frederica Brianoni was in second. Estelladetska was in third. The dual wielding specialist, <laughs> so good. I can't believe that she's able to just on a snowboard one week and then stick on the the long boards and go down is she racing. still racing on the, yeah, the yeah, snowboard yeah, yeah, yeah she was racing yeah because there was um earlier on in the winter i was at the eurosport office and we were watching and the girls were racing in uh i can't remember where it was anyway they were racing somewhere that weekend and then they were the, in like the tuesday so they're racing saturday sunday and on the tuesday night there was a parallel snowboard event and the desk won it I was like, oh, he's just that's just cool. That's just really cool. Yeah, she's having she's having quite a steady season this year. I mean, she won a couple of races early or podiumed in a couple early. Yeah, and then went she off the boil for a bit. Race, did she? And went off the boil for a bit and has and has come back looking quite strong. If you talked about before about the the importance of certainly in the speed events of knowing the hills. So when you think how new she must be to some of this mm. as well, she's doing really well both to be able to podium in two completely yeah. different sports on completely different uh completely different equipment under her feet um but also to have that confidence like you talk about the ability to you know attack a, a difficult piece and some of not knowing those pieces might almost be helping her yeah. because she doesn't have that fear that other people yeah, have true. of yeah. garmish is really dangerous or it's really bumpy or so on and and she just kind of gets to the top of everyone just goes let's let's go yeah, um, and 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 throws them down, and she she looked really comfortable. Of all the people that, uh, as Luke was saying, were probably throwing them sideways a, a lot more than they needed to, she really didn't look too far. She had a couple of times where she put them sideways, but just because she needed to at that moment in yeah. time, rather than because she was concerned about the the amount of speed that she had. If you can go down a hill sideways, you can go down a hill forwards. Is that coaching wisdom? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean that is true. But that, I mean, no, I meant from a snowboard to skiing, not throwing them sideways. <laughs> and now both on a completely different wavelength. Yeah, you guys are very confused. Like, sliding sideways, yeah, definitely that's yeah. true. <laughs> um, uh, Sophia Godger in fourth, narrowly missing out on a podium. Um, she uh, kind of faltered a little bit this year. I kind of feel that. Again, this season was off the back of what was a very impressive winter for her last year, having missed the early part with that ankle injury. And I kind of, ex- I don't know, expected just a little bit more of her in terms of like consistent challenge. But we've talked about it in seasons gone by that sometimes, because she's more, one of the more wild skiers, and I think sometimes when you get known for being a little bit loose and a little bit wild, that actually you then think that your speed is due to that and end up going even more loose and even more wild. And I think that sometimes that actually then has the opposite effect that that you end up then creating loads of errors because you're just trying, you know, you're not thinking about technique because you're going fast when you're loose and you're, and you're wild. Yeah. And I wonder whether that sort of starts sneaking into it. And she's had a bunch of crashes again this season and we'll talk about it in a second, but she had a, a nasty crash into the nets in the Super G. So a uh, real up and down season for her. And I did, but it does. that looks like it's the end of her season this year. Yeah, you, we had a very similar chat last week because I then turned around after saying she's been really inconsistent and picked her for the downhill. Um, uh, not too bad to come, coming forth, but you mentioned as well she'd picked up an injury a couple of weeks ago as yeah, well. After so After crashing it, in, uh, in Bansko, yeah. It almost seems like she's just not been fully fit for a couple of years. Um, you could probably say the same for, for Stu Hetch we really haven't yeah. seen a couple of years ago I wonder if that's really thought... mental though because she's had so many niggles so many injuries and when she was on that super form uh, last year and the year before last year then she she obviously crashed relatively early on and, and uh, ended her season early last year I just wonder whether maybe it's just snuck into her mind a bit you see that quite a lot with 
with athletes in general like if you have some don't come back from it from injury some or some struggle to to find that the the men, the ability to mentally just tap oh back gosh. in to to risking everything because it's another injury it's another time rehabbing it's another moment where your body doesn't feel the same again and uh, we all know from injuries in skiing but also anybody listening whether it's skiing or another sport or just life in general like even if you ha- when you have an injury of some description and you come back from it whether you know you you work in an office or you work on the, on the mountain you your body never is the same no you can try as hard as you can and you can work hard so that it's you adapted to be able to use it in the same way but i, I don't think you ever will get that back will will be will be fully normal yeah if that's a way yeah. of describing something i think it's probably a few examples in skiing where someone's come back from a bad injury and and has really gone back to where they were i'm struggling to think yeah i mean individual athletes right now um who have done that but, well, Maya yeah. with that big break, but then he came back for the obviously for the game. So with his leg injury, came back. But was he as good as he was before? No, he just adapted to be able to use half a metal leg <laughs> and a normal leg. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? so, or Svindal coming back. You know when he did do that, you, you spoke about it earlier. He was yeah. absolutely winning everything, and he did win again after. But he'd never had that same consistency and that same um, aura about him in terms of like just. Win, 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 win. And yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know what you... Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, there's, there's, they're probably winning in spite of the injuries at that point. You see those guys like the likes of Meyer and Svindal walking around at the end of their careers. Hobbling around. And, <laughs> and yeah, and you're just like, you're in, you know, you're the same age as me and I've, I've got aches and pains, but you can't, you look like you're struggling to yeah. walk around the mountain. Um, you know, granted you're doing it a lot richer than I am, but uh. <laughs> but then yeah, I mean, I guess you know we're talking about injuries and how they hugely affect an athlete's career. And we just spoke about earlier how they need to just get on with it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's easy, it's easy sat here saying it, but at the same time, then I don't think they're fully comparable. But do you know what I mean? I think it's it's tough to come back from an injury, and and Godger's got another uphill struggle. Um, let's uh, move over to the Super G, which was the the second of the weekend's event. Uh, Suter picking up another victory. That was my pick. Uh, was it? Just putting that in there. Just we got one all for last week. I don't, I don't remember that one. <laughs> uh, uh, Schmidhofer back on form after having a subpar season in second, and Wendy. Holdner picking up yet another podium uh, just uh, that elusive top step still not there um, but the race was marred by a couple of really big accidents uh, Goggia had a huge crash uh, so went straight through one of the gates uh, into the nets and uh, has broken her arm is out for eight weeks which is obviously that does us for the end of the season uh, Ravensburg has uh, tibia plateau fracture I think uh, uh, I believe that's all it is. If you read the reports, which I think actually is relatively lucky, so because if you look at the um, the 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 way that she crashed, uh, and it was that classic sort of ACL, you know, yeah, bum behind angle. the knees with the flick from the ski going from one side underneath the body with a fully flexed knee to the other side, that real nasty looking flick. Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of thought that was going to be the end. And we again we talked about um, the uh, the Italian, uh, the Italian... Groby. Oh, uh, she was Swiss. 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 Yes, Swiss. Sorry. Sorry. No, Open sweet. tibia fibula fracture. I would not have liked to have seen that. Oh no. She Thank you. would have not have liked to have seen that either. No. So um, yeah, real tough weekend. But again, Suter becoming a real force this season uh, is hitting really consistent form. Like one of the only ladies that's hitting really consistent form this season, apart from Brunoni maybe. I say Brian Brianoni is the most consistent of, an, of anyone. She is, yeah. she is on fire. At yeah, the she was my pick, but she came second. Come on, ain't it down? Yeah, yeah. So Brianoni is is hitting some really consistent form. Uh, I was pleased that Wendy Holdner picked up another podium. She's not really been there this year in speed, so I think actually getting back to it. But um, we're obviously all the all the the horrendous things that Schifrin's dealing with at the moment. She's obviously still not racing and, and unlikely to be racing in the in the near future so still the thoughts are going out to her and the rest of her family so Schifrin still has a lead in the overall on the ladies side but uh, I think Suter's now like you say Ben I think she's now leading the Super G standings one of the things that is interesting is that we're seeing a bit more of Lahova racing Super G she's raced a few Super G's so far this season and so she's um, 
sort of started to do a little bit more of the, of the speed races um, and taking advantage of having good numbers in speed. So the beginning of the uh, the speed races, if you've got over 400, and I believe it's still 400, but if you have over 400 World Cup points, it allows you to start just outside the top 30. Uh, so she would have taken advantage of that earlier on in the season, but now she's picking up. Where was she in this? Oh. She was uh, the ninth in the Super G. And then, so she picked up a, an eighth in the down, an eighth in the down. So yeah, she's picking up points off the back of having decent start numbers off her slalom form, and she's skiing pretty well. Again, I think it's because it's a more technical speed track, right? Yeah, I saw her a couple of times in some of the combines as well. Put the put the longer skis on and hold her own. And I think yes, they're not quite the same as the full length downhills and super Gs, but if you can be within you know, a second and a some half decent points. Of, of those people in the of the top speed racers in the combines. It just gives you that confidence to say, you know what, I, you know, if Schifrin's not racing, I've got some points in the slalom, let's give this Super G a go. Yeah. Um, and like you say, if it's a technical one and she's she's a good GS skier as well, it just it just takes that bit of confidence yeah. to really believe in yourself and go for it. And she doesn't seem like the kind of athlete that skis with any kind of tentativeness. So no. um, I, I think that might be why she performed so well this weekend. And I wonder if, like, uh, as you see quite often, the young, younger athletes tend to, to do slalom and, and GS now as they get a little bit older. Only a little bit older. She's still only, what, 24 or something stupid. But as she gets older, you know, the natural progression is to start moving into more speed. So maybe that's an active plan for those guys and just thinking of, uh, you know, she's she's pushing Schifrin in, in slalom and giant slalom uh, and there's no reason why she can't strap on the longer skis and, and really challenge for an overall when Schifrin's uh, fully fit and, and completing more races, all the races that she can. And so I think it was a, it was a cool exhibition for the ladies down there. Yeah, it wasn't, and I don't know if this is true or not, it was just something that came up on, on the commentary um, when uh, Schmidhofer got on the podium. They said there's only been one win for Austria in the women's this season, and that was Schmidhofer like, right at the start of the season. Well, that's a that, scary, scary stuff, that's true. But that's I, I'm worrying. Tr- I mean, when you said it, I mean, if I'm, I can't think off the top of my head. Had a couple of podiums here and there, but only one win for the season on the women's side is... Well, not, and it's not been great on the men's side, no, either, has no, it? No. So, I mean, fortunately, I guess they've had uh, Meyer um, and Kriegmeier and Kriegmeier kind of there or thereabouts in enough races to kind of keep the attention away from everyone else not pulling yeah. their weight well, in the yeah. Austrian squad. There's going to be some heads rolling at the end of the oh, season abs- at this rate. Absolutely, absolutely well. Okay, I think that's enough of our roundup for the weekend. Uh, let's look ahead to this coming weekend and rattle through some picks. Uh, the men are racing, like I said, downhill uh, Thursday, Super G Friday. Uh, it's going to be, um, it's quite a cool track. They don't usually race there. They used to race there a lot back in the day. Um, it's quite a narrow track through the middle. It's got some decent pitches in there. If they can, if the snow holds up good enough, I know it's been raining in Austria at the moment, so, but, but if anybody can make good conditions, it's definitely going to be the Austrians of working with some sort of crazy magic. It's going to be a belter of a weekend of racing. So, pick time. Ben. I have become really well, really well prepared and got no names written down. Well, good. Um, do we know? Do we know if Matthias Meyer is recovered from his flu after, uh, after yeah, ruining Luke's picks last time round? Yeah. Uh, how selfish! Inconsiderate, <laughs> the Austrians. Come on. Um, I feel at this point picking points is is almost too predictable. So yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say uh, Matthias Meyer for the Super G. Okay, so you're going to go Meyer, Lukey. Am I picking Super G? No, downhill, please first. Downhill first. Um, oh God. So you're saying weather's a bit warm, it might rain. What's the track like? We say it's fairly flat? No, no it's got a bit of everything in there. It's, it's quite a everything. cool track. Okay. It's not gnarly. Um, I mean, it's not... I mean, the Donald Paris isn't there, who's your sort of gnarly pick. So. Yeah. I'm going to go for an outsider and okay. Clary. That's actually a decent shout. I quite like that. I was thinking that that might... Um, he's got the experience. He's been looking good this year. Yeah, and he's been super... He's been... He's got confidence oozing out of him at the moment. It just seems to be, it seems sort of effortless for the guy at the moment. So yeah, I do like that pick, Luke. That is a good one. Um, I am going to, I'm going to stick with the Austrians and I'm going to say Kriegmeier 
Uh, it's a, not necessarily. I mean, I think you'd probably say he's more of a super G skier, but I feel like Austrian in Austria, I think you know they do like to step up when it really counts. So uh, that's my crick, uh, crick pick, even. And what about the super G, Ben? Any different? Opinions. Well, if you say Creek Myers, the Super G specialist, I might go from in the oh, Super G. Yeah. <laughs> in case you're going to do Creek Myers double. Do double. Uh, after my Brianoni double last time. Uh, so, all right, so you're going to go him. Yeah, steal that. You know. I've got Meyer and Creek Meyer. Okay, you can have Matthias Meyer this time. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> trying to think who's a little bit softer on their feet. I'm going to go for a, a wild, wild outsider. Oh, how wild are we going? Very wild. Gagnon. Well, that's that is that is wild. That's yeah. Uh, I believe in you, Travis. I mean, I, mean, I like. Uh, I mean, I like where your head's at, but I think even, it's not where my money money is. <laughs> I, think, I think even even the Americans listening will say that that's that's a bit of a that's an outs that's a proper outsider. Well, we, we do. He have did quite do. A he lot was of... fifth though. To be fair, in uh, the downhill in was it Kids? No, 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 no. Uh, Garmish. So Garmish, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't do and very well nice. in the Super G though. But no, it was okay. down. I well, mean, let's see. But yeah, I quite like the fact that you that you're going. Well, I wasn't out. getting the picks right when I was picking the favourites, so I might as well just <laughs> go on a limit. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Norwegian Kilda or Jansrud. I would. Jansrud has won. He won Kitsfield, didn't he? Super G. Um, but that was. Almost a little bit of a surprise. Surprise, if that could be a surprise from Beansred. Uh And Kilda is notorious for liking it a little bit more mental. Yeah, maybe uh, but he's been try- he's been over trying quite a lot, in my opinion. I feel like he's been pushing so hard that he's made silly mistakes. Like the top of Garmish, within like he'd thrown away the win in Garmish in the first like fifteen seconds because he just <laughs> went too straight at like the second gate, just like a little bit of a mind melt. But saying that, I'm going to pick him. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to go him. So Kilda for Super G. Um, Lukey, you went for yeah, Genong, which I think yeah. is a... a regret already. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, no, no. You, I mean, maybe that's maybe maybe you're this lucky omen. You're the guy yes, that's going to turn yes. it around. We do have a lot of um, a lot of listeners who are from the US, so I think I'll be more popular at the end of this podcast. So that's all I care about. <laughs> Popularity stakes. Okay. So, on to the women who race in Kranskogora in Giant Slalom on Saturday. Uh, Kranskogora is relatively long for the GS, if memory serves correctly. And obviously you've got that awesome pitch down into the finish. Uh, So it's not going to be an easy ride for the ladies. Luke, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'm just going to pick outsiders for everything. Okay. So, Alice Robinson. We, the, book, the bookie's not going to, you know, you're not betting unless you're going to bet. You know. I'm actually going to bet money on all of these. Pound on each. Maybe 50p. But, okay, don't, yeah. don't go crazy. Alice Robinson. Okay, Robinson. Yeah, bold, but yeah, I like it. So, I'm just writing this down. Ben? I wouldn't say that was that far. She's fifth in the standings. Yeah, no, but Has she podiumed since no, her first podium? No, so, so she's been no, consistent. She, pick, she picked up a... <laughs> consistent yeah. in what? Not getting podium? No. She's got a win and then a lot of Outside the podium. <laughs> she's been no, she, she picked up a niggling injury. She looked like she's been struggling with it. But I saw some Love terms it. in the last race that looked like... Just stop laughing. Sorry, I'm trying to talk. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, okay, you go. It looked like she'd be starting to get back to some of that form. So I think I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah, consistently off the podium. Yeah, consistently unconsistent. Shut up, man. Um, <laughs> so Wally's back. Is she back? Oh well, yeah. I tweeted that she was back on. She's back on skis. Whether or not she's racing is, is another matter. In time. I'll probably still pick her anyway. But, um, uh, no, Tessa's been, Tessa's been letting me letting me down this year. Um, I mean, you'd think it would need to be an Italian, wouldn't you? I've picked Bassino once. I think I'll go with Bassino no! again because Brign- I mean, you're just leaving Brign- Brignoli wide open. She's she's winning by miles now. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bassino. She didn't win the last time I picked her, but I've got a good feeling this time. Yeah, that's. Uh, I kind of feel like that leaves Flahova or Brignoli. Um, uh, I, I picked Brignoli a bit. I'm gonna go Flahova. I think she is gonna do the business um, and uh, yeah lay one down slightly quicker than your last week's picks of 
I've narrowed it down to Norway as yeah. a country, and then yeah, one no, by no. one slowly talk your way. Well, you did it again today. Yeah, I did. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> Just picking a, a Norwegian, um, which didn't actually work out for me. So even picking a country, man, I couldn't <laughs> pick the winner. Um, uh, okay, uh, slaloms, please. I assume uh, Schifrin isn't. Uh, by uh, uh, no, not okay. not for this one, and no. uh, I'm not I'm not sure. Unfortunately, if we'll okay. see her again uh, this season. Let's have a look. I am going to pick. Jazin. Okay. You picked her before, all right. Yeah. Okay. Gazin. Yeah. Benny. Who's let me down so far this year? I picked Sven Larsen and Holdner a couple of times this year. And without Schiffer in there, I don't know, could could Wendy finally get this? The win, well, this she's off the be... back of a you know, off a podium. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Wendy. All right. Wendy Holdner for the for the for the slalom. Just don't straddle this time, then. Yeah, yeah, and carry on. Yeah, carry on. Uh, Sit in the finish area, taking the yeah, plaudits. Pretend, pretend like that's happening. <laughs> I can't do Vlahova double, I feel like. Although Vlahova, in theory, surely is... Surely she's got to... This has got to be hers, right? I feel like this you is not... Pick, yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's a little bit of a gimme in terms of... In reality, surely... Uh, so for that reason, I'm not going to go for it. Uh, I am going pick a country. Well, I didn't. Like I said it didn't work for me last time. <laughs> pick Norway. I'm going to uh, Harvey Loseth. Um, that's not where my money would be. My money would definitely be with Bohova, but I think Harvey Loseth maybe bit of bit of experience down there. She's got a fair few World Cup starts with us now. So, um, yeah. On a British front, we'll should see. Tilly racing in both and Charlie Guest racing in slalom. I think it's been a while since we've had a bit of GS actually in the World Cup for the women's, isn't it? So I think in terms of a British perspective, I think I would take a top 25 from Tilly at the moment. And not like I say, because we haven't seen any giant slaloms for a little while, I feel like it's maybe a... Um, a little bit of an unknown spoke briefly to Noel Baxter her coach who's um, said that she's been skiing well and and, and trying yeah, you know, working I think hard. I've seen she's had a couple of podiums um, in, in the races she's she's been doing yeah out in, she was out in America wasn't yeah, she yeah I'm not sure if they were Norams or, or, or equivalent Canada but, sorry um, yeah so anything that gets you on a podium is going to fill you with some confidence um, and, and get her ready for, for, for coming over and, and doing well so She's she's had a she had a couple of really good results and yeah. and and a, and a couple twenty fourth twenty eighth what she's seventeenth back in Killington right at the beginning of the season I think that was yeah Killington best. was where she scored on both both days as well so but didn't but failed to qualify in Sestriere which was the last giant slalom back at mid Jan so um, yeah I think I'd just take qualification to be honest yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's back on the board yeah yeah it'd be just, nice to see her back on the board you know with a, three carry weeks on with off, that aggressive skiing as well though because we, we've right. seen a couple of different versions of, of, of Alex racing where she's looking to try and put it in the finish and it just doesn't suit her as much as when yeah, she's attacking absolutely. a bit like we've said with, with Dave a couple of times just like ski with no fear and, 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 and let's you have see to it ri- you have to risk I mean we know that the, the fields in the ladies discipline are nowhere near as tight as they are for the men but you still have to risk you still have to charge you still have to put it all on the line because you're not going to you know, unless you're sort of one of maybe the you know the top top seven, maybe just about the top ten, you can have a subpar run and still get in a second run. I mean, like I say, the gap's a bit bigger, but you still have to charge, and there's not an awful lot of room for error. Yeah, I don't think down there. Uh, she started twenty eighth in Sestria, so she should be around that again, or maybe just outside the thirty. Yeah, that's so the thing. It depends a on a bit. couple of injuries that come if they're people coming back from injuries yeah, and stuff to see whether that that's enough. But I think off the back of that seventeenth. I think she should still just about be in the thirty for the on the WCSL uh, in slalom. Charlie guess looking for World Cup points in classic slalom after picking up her uh, her only World Cup points in parallel slalom back in San Moritz. So which was at the beginning of December or mid December. So again for her, I feel like it's a case of working hard and getting yourself a second one because it's still that belief. She'll have got World Cup points, and she, which is a huge tick in any World Cup races box. But at the same time, it'll be one of those that, I mean, she'll take them obviously as anybody would. But I think she, her real thing will be to get one and get some points in classic slalom, yeah. and uh, and and then try and you know like the like every again like everybody is, but just try and back that up with a good performance so you can get a better start number, which is what it's going to take. You know, with ship away, yeah. 
well, she's come off the back of some good Europa Cup results, so that would definitely give her the confidence in, in going into the World Cups. Yeah, absolutely. Put that on my down. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That's all we've got time for. A bit of a long one to discuss all those uh, Twitter rows, Instagram snipes. Uh, but hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. If we've, uh, if you liked what you've heard, give us a like, give us a share, tell your mates um, so we can keep going. Tell us what you think of Parallel GS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, tell us what you think of Parallel GS. Unless you want to complain about it and then just shut up and stop moaning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here he is. Here he is. Um, it, Someone and, upset you on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My first real internet beef. Oh, yeah, well, you're, you're nobody until you've had an internet beef. Mate. Uh, so, um, yeah, and also let us know what you think. And, uh, and I think, actually, we need to start... Um, we need to start a little graph a little thing of picks and get people to send in their picks and we t- keep a little chart of on days when we're when we're both watching the racing live we normally have some good people uh tweeting us uh, yeah, yeah. With, with their with their kind of live picks on the day we should probably do something a bit more in advance yeah well. i feel like there should be uh, we won't do it this week but maybe we we'll, let's have a think about it for next week that you have to have your pick into us by like the thursday for a, the day before the race so that we can start Getting shouting, yeah, shouting out for people, getting some shouts and getting, um, and maybe trying to get some bit of merch on the go. Ooh, merch! Shipping will be extra to America. <laughs> uh, for when, right for when, for when Travis wins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, they can start sending you stuff when Travis wins. <laughs> yes. Thank you, America. <laughs> uh, right. Thanks for joining us, and goodbye for now. <laughs>